Good morning. We're in the middle of a series I've called Being Anchored. These are turbulent times. It's only when the tide goes out that we realise what is underneath the surface of the water. And it's in those moments, it's in days like we're in now, that we need to commit to double down on the things that strengthen us and cause us to stand strong and to be immovable. Can I start with an image of what I'm trying to do and trying to communicate in this series? One of you said to me after last week, you reminded me of an illustration I'd seen about 10 years ago and I thought, do you know what? It's absolutely perfect. And so against my better judgment at home, I'm gonna try and recreate it. But there are building blocks in life. There are key components that are essential to your physical, your emotional, and your spiritual health and well-being. And often over the passage of time, the demands of life and of culture itself, they can erode and they can displace some of the things that, that are essential or they can do what I often refer to it as, they can become distractions. And the enemy's aim is to kill and destroy. And if he can't do that, he'll distract you. And in the process of distracting, he'll dilute and he'll dial down things to the point where actually it ends up killing and destroying. So what we have to do is we have to be alert and we have to stay sharp. Mark 13, 37 says, I say to you, and I say what I say to everyone, watch for him. You know, there's so many times, so many references in the New Testament is this mindset of stay alert, be watchful, be attentive, be on your guard. So with that in mind, can I just ask you and cause you to consider and reflect and review a few of the key components in your life? And rather than just loosely mull this over, I recommend you actually do this at some point. Grab yourself a piece of paper and a pen and have a, just a check of your priorities and make sure they are being prioritised rather than some of the distractions creeping in. So let me just show you. Let me just practically demonstrate some of what I mean. We have to consider how we invest, how we're wise with our time and our resources and how we're anchored. So let me just take, what I ideally was gonna do is take a load of ping pong balls and just put them in this jar, but I haven't quite got enough and we're in a lockdown. I can only use what I've got at home. So I've got a uh, old golf ball and an old, um, like a children's plastic egg. I, I, you know when we did the big night in and we were balancing eggs? This one is plastic, I'm just confessing to that now. Um, but anyway, I think now I can get some ping pong balls in this jar as well. Let's just fill this up. So to the, to the top, I couldn't get another one in there. I don't know if you can see that or not. But this jar now is full of ping pong balls or equivalents, an egg and a golf ball. I'm just gonna chuck in as well um, some gravel that I've just scooped up. Let me get this in here. So some would have said that that jar is full. It, it kind of is full actually, unless I use something slightly different. So I'm just gonna chuck in this gravel that I've got in this plant pot. Here we go, there we go, nice and full. Now again, some would say, oh, the jar really is full now. Well, it kind of is, unless I, hold on, do this and also just change what I'm using. So I'm now just gonna, um, Oh, the improvisation. I'm using a plastic little cup from a children's tea set. Just going to chuck in a few scoops of sand. 
give it a bit of a shake get that really nicely compacted down hold on I reckon I can get a bit more in there let's get a bit more in there there we go now again some would say that's absolutely full to the top with the uh, table tennis balls the gravel and the sand well it kind of is but just because I've shaken it you can also now just create a bit more space I'm just going to put a bit of water in just to show you I can actually get even more in the air is now just coming out and that's feeding all the way down that's going to take a little bit of time but I reckon I can get even more in here I'll just keep going for a little while just to make the point but if I left that for a while that would go all the way down and I think I could get quite a bit more water in than that as well I hope that's a helpful illustration but let me just name a few of the things let me name what the table tennis balls could be because I would say for me it's time with Jesus it's time of investing in my faith it's time with Steph time with our children it's life giving friendships and relationships it's the church is the cause of Christ. I'd often say that is Christ, his church, his cause. Am I actually doing the things that Jesus has asked me to do? Am I loving people, serving people? You know, the king and the kingdom, worship and compassion. Are we raising and releasing others? Are we investing in others? Are we serving the poor? I'd also say some of those foundational building blocks for us that are important and that help us stay anchored and spiritually healthy are things like holidays. It's downtime and times of replenishment. They're some of the immovable things, some of the vital life-giving building blocks. We've got to consider how we use our time wisely to ensure that those things are in place. Some at that point would say the jar is full, it's pretty solid and they need to be in but then there's the gravel and the gravel can be some of the other important things it's you know key faith moments not just um some of the 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 always there ones but it's other things like i would say things like some of the conferences or retreat days it's the annual stuff that you might put in that invests in you and tops you up it might be friends from afar that pour into you it might you know it, it'll be some of the other key things that have to be in life like a job um, some things that might change within that, like a, where you live and stuff, but actually they're still important. It'd also be seeing people, life-giving relationships. Relationships are so important to us, aren't they? You know, the, the stuff for me, I'd say stuff like barbecues and holidays, you've got to be, uh, hobbies even, you've got to be careful some of them don't overcrowd out the other things and become more important you've got to keep them in their place I'd say for me like football is life-giving but it's not one of the table tennis balls it's just part of the gravel and again some would say at that point well the jar is full but then there's the other stuff that we fit into life the sand is just it's everything else it's the smaller stuff but the, if you put the sand in first, just imagine that illustration. If I'd done it backwards, if I'd put the sand in first, there wouldn't be room for the gravel. But then if I put the gravel in, there, would, there wouldn't be the room for the table tennis balls. If we spend our time and energy in the small stuff or let the sand, the distractions, chew up the lion's share of our time and capacity and resources, then we won't have time and capacity for all of the important things that do matter and the things that do anchor us in the right place. So we want to pay attention to the things that are going to anchor our soul to Jesus because we prioritize our priorities. We build the house on rock 
not on the sand. So on top of all of that, well, what's the water? Well, no matter how full sometimes we think life might be, we need to build in margin because there'll always be something else that comes. There'll always be an extra little thing that we hadn't thought of or we hadn't um, reflected on or we weren't ready for. We always need that extra room. But also, I'd say sometimes that's just the life. That's like the, you know, just hanging out with friends. It's the extra stuff that we also really need. So I'd say it's important to review what goes in first. I know in so many ways, just a simple little demonstration, but I hope it's a helpful visual because I've I've really had to think about these things. And also I've developed um, this little technique over the last few years where basically when I put the bins back once they've been emptied, um, I, I basically, rather than go and empty the, sorry, open the back door and then try and squeeze down the side passage and then open the back gate and all of that, I've refined this technique where I grab the, one of the handles of the wheelie bin and then, I don't know if you noticed on your wheelie bin, there's a little bar between the wheels at the bottom. I grab hold of that and I use it to just pick the thing up and I launch it over the back gate to save opening the gate. And uh, neighbor, I've been doing it for years now. Our neighbors have come to find it highly entertaining. Now, some would say it's lazy. I would say it's a highly efficient, effective use of my time. But the point I wanna make is this. So often in life, we start to find these little shortcuts, but there's no shortcut to discipleship, to investing in our roots, to ensuring that we're anchored. We have to put in the hard graft and the hard work. Last week, I mentioned that there's a number of um, different things, habits and behaviors that we would be wise to invest in and develop. And some of them could be considered inward, some of them outward, and then some of them corporate. And today I want to reflect on another one of the inward ones on meditation. Now, before we launch in, I just want us to be honest with ourselves. Some of you, I will have just lost you in that moment, just saying the word meditation. Some of you are like, yes, that's me. That's that's what fuels me. That's what feeds me that, you know, it's life giving. I'm home and dry. Let's talk about it. But others of you, as I mentioned it, you'll have just found your heart sank. Now, I've always seen myself as a doer. I like to do stuff rather than sit around or talk about it. And I'm, I'm not someone who's drained by activity. Actually, I thrive on it. And just an example of that, I don't know if I've told you this before, but Steph and I, we used to live in this house down south. And it was, it, admittedly, it was quite a small house. But one evening around eight in the evening, we've decided we should just decorate and paint one of the walls. And we're the kind of people that once we started, we were like, well, there's no point stopping. We may as well just do the whole house. So by eight o'clock the next morning, we'd literally painted every wall in the house. With with those kind of people, we just want to get on with it. And we like to do stuff. So far, eldest daughter often says to us, daddy, daddy, we're, we're instant, aren't we? We're doers. We do stuff. And uh, we are. We're, we're actioners. So anyway, that's that's the context. But I'm I'm at uni and my tutor says to me, the next module module that we're doing is on spirituality. We're all going to go and spend a week on a silent retreat in a monastery. Now, some of my course friends, they were like cheering. They weren't actually cheering. They were like cheering on the inside because that's how they processed it. But I'm, I'm thinking like was something in me just died in that moment. I was like, please. Please don't ask me to do that. Please don't do this to me. Anyway, this was years ago. I'm just being honest. Please don't judge me. But anyway, my, my tutor knew I'd 
find it hard. So she's looking at me like, yep, we're doing it. And anyway, we get there and we sat in the room with um, one of the monks. I can still see it now. And I, everything within me wants to think that he was actually called Father Ted, but he definitely wasn't. But I just can't remember his name. It was Father Richard or whatever his name was. And so anyway, Father Richard, um, I think might have been his name. Anyway, he starts explaining the rules. And again, like he's explaining rules. My heart was just crushed. I'm like, there's rules. We're away on a uni jolly that isn't actually a jolly and there's rules. And um, Father Ted, no, sorry, Father Richard, he, he, he says um, he started his first sentence was, there may be some who have come and have preconceived ideas as to what this time together may be like. And before we do anything else, I just want to pray that the Father would lift that burden off them and enable them to enter into the presence of God in fresh ways. And as he said that, literally every eye in the room, including my teacher, rather than like their eyes turning and looking at me, literally their head and their whole body just was like, everyone's staring at me. And Father Richard, he, he gave me this look, you know, and it, it was filled with such grace and kindness, but it was also that look of like, I've I've seen stubborn ones like you before. And um, you can probably guess what's coming, that for all of the modules I did whilst at uni, which one was the one that I got the most from and benefited the most from and actually had burdens lifted from me the most from? Without a doubt, it would have been this one because Father Ted's, not Father Ted, I've got to stop calling him, Father Richard's prayer about me accessing the Father in new and fresh ways was absolutely spot on. It opened up what previously to be, to me, had been quite a narrow perspective because we're created to be boots on the ground kind of people, boots on the ground partners with God, extending his kingdom. And to do so, we want to be people that um, carry his light and life. But to do that, we've got to be anchored. And we've got to discover some of the tools in the toolbox to enable us to be that. Psalm 119 verse 97 says, Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Verse 101, you have um, refused to walk. Sorry, I have refused to walk on any evil path so that I might remain obedient to your word. I haven't turned away from your regulations, for you have taught me well. How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 63 Verse 3, your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer, you satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. 
your strong right hand holds me securely. And it is that that we need to be steadied and edified by in this season. And we've got to find ways, therefore, to press in and be anchored. God spoke so often, we see it throughout so much of the Bible, not because of people's special abilities, but because they learnt to listen. So often my understanding of meditation became warped by a almost a naive cultural impression rather than grasping the need for reflection, for self-examination, for pondering, for focusing, allowing myself to go deeper than just surface level, actually allowing God to speak to me, going for his face rather than just for his hand, fighting for that time and allowing it to be reality, to ensure that it's the table tennis balls that go in first, to realise that that takes time and practice, that there aren't any shortcuts, that it's not the same as maybe some other areas of life that we can just chuck the bin over the fence to save time, to save the hassle and to save a few minutes. You know, what I've always found hard is sometimes seeing it betrayed at times as it's, well, it's one or the other. You know, it's all out, non-stop, borderline burnout living, or it's the opposite, where my misunderstanding of meditation would have would have sat and been built that it's all contemplation and no action well there's a there's a balance to be found and there's a tension to be held i shared it last week in john 4:34 jesus explained my nourishment comes through doing the work the will of god who sent me and from finishing his work nourishment comes through doing it's a both and lifestyle. Jesus modelled it so well to us. He said, Matthew 14, verse 13, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. Jesus consistently fought to be alone with the Father, to have time of prayer and meditation and quiet reflection, to steal away and listen to the voice of the Father amongst the busyness of life and the many competing demands. But it's the next verse that actually I find so interesting because it goes on, it says, but the crowds heard where he was headed and followed from on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowds as he stepped back from the boat and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. It's not becoming so religious and regimented that we lose focus of the mission. You know, for some of you, for some of you, maybe even who are parents, you may feel and say, well, if only you knew, I don't get time for all of that meditation. I don't get time. If only I just had five minutes of that. I don't even have 30 seconds for myself. Jesus sought to find time and space, but at times that was interrupted and he ran with that. I find that so liberating, so refreshing, but on balance and overall, what is key is that the first thing that goes in and that we prioritise are the, are the table tennis balls. It's the important stuff. Jesus sought that time and that space and at that point in this passage that I just read to the process, he was actually grieving the death of John the Baptist. Equally, he didn't dwell on that. He returned to be with the people and to do what he was called to do. I think that's an incredibly powerful moment. Yes, there is pain. 
Yes, there can be challenges and things that are hard to bear and to carry, but Jesus kept his eye on the thing that he was called to do. That perspective came from time with the Father. Our burdens and our pains are lifted, we're fueled and we're energised to go again. The heart and the purpose is so very simple, I would say. Why do we do this? Well, because we want to increase and we want to invest in our ability to hear his voice and to obey his word. As I mentioned last week, none of this is an obligation. It's not trying to create some kind of religious mechanism. This, this is an invitation. The Father is inviting us into more and to go deeper, not just for the sake of knowledge, but also to live out the practice. My naive, dismissive nature many, many years ago, I'd say, was based on an ill-founded understanding. We all have to ask ourselves is, do we want to increase the ways we hear his voice and the way that we obey his word? Exodus 33 verse 11, inside the tent of meeting, me, sorry, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Well, don't you long for that? That's the drive. That's the heart. God didn't speak to him and use him because he was gifted and powerful. God chose to spoke to him and Moses wholeheartedly relied on him and trusted him. And that is accessible to us. John 1515, 15, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. No, you are my friends since I've told you everything the father told me. The purpose is that we grow in familiarity and friendship. A book I was reading the other day says that we move from theological dogma into radiant reality. That's what we're longing for. I'd say it more in language like this. I'd say we move from a distant abstract into a heartfelt intimacy. It's not an overnight thing. It's a habit and a practice that grows and develops. It's a desire that we feed and there's no shortcuts to it. Our continual desire and hunger is to get into the throne room of God and to fall face down before him. Meditation allows us to create an emotional and spiritual environment and space which allows Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit to build the throne room in our hearts and in our minds and from that place then transform our inner self as he births in us his ways and his desires. Can I encourage you to deconstruct whatever it might have been in your mind and reform a desire of what could be. So often what happens, and we see it so many times in the Bible, is people created ways and means for somebody to speak to God for them. But he wants to know you and he wants to relate to you and for you to relate to him like a friend. You're invited into the Holy of Holies to talk with the living God. Let me just therefore land a few practical things that might help you because I want to say we learn to meditate by meditating. You know, there'll be, there might be loads of helpful things you can do in research and reflect on them, maybe a, a course or a conversation or a book that you could read, all of which things might be helpful, but none of it is going to replace the, the, the thing that I think will help you the most is just actually doing it. Psalm 119, how, how I love 
your instructions. I think about them all day long, all day long. We meditate and reflect on them. Psalm 63, I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night because you're my helper. You know, I always find then as we enter into this practice, whatever is on my mind will be on my mind and will take my time. So I need to get it off my mind or find a better time to spend trying to meditate. I want to focus on him, not the other thing. So if it's I'm trying to do it five minutes before the start of a football game or during the adverts of a film, you know, it's probably not going to be ideal. I often have got to get all the other thoughts out of my head first. So, you, you know, it's like, oh, I need to sort this or I need to call them or you know, we're going to have fajitas for tea or whatever. Of course, that's that is a definitely a win. But you've got to clear your mind, get those things out, write them down or whatever it is. Get them on a to do list or just let your mind be at rest. Put your phone on silent. Posture is a huge thing, I would say. We're posturing our hearts before God. So we want to choose a place and a time of relaxation rather than frantic activity. Now, there's so much we could say about all of that but I think you get the idea 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6 for God who said let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so that we can know the glory of God that is found in the face that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ we want to know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ don't you hunger and long and thirst for that meditating therefore is one of the practices we want to develop meditating on the bible i would say is different to reading the bible it's much more of a of a chewing if i can use that phrase it's a lingering it's allowing it to to wash over you and to speak to you it's pondering and entering in reflecting and dwelling and digging deeper it's entering into a place of silence and stillness dialing down the busyness the consumers sometimes i i often think in fact he speaks in the still small quiet voice and in the place of silence sometimes in those moments i can jot down or reflect on something that comes to mind and then actually enter into them things a little bit further but sometimes equally actually the silence is just the silence it's be still and know that he's God. It's entering into the stillness of God. We don't always have to fill those moments. I never try and make it a religious thing or a religious way of doing it. You know, for some, maybe it is for me, it would never involve candles. That's just not who I am. We need to do it in the way that is us and the way that we're wired. If I'm really honest, sometimes actually it's involved me and not deliberately or intentionally, but falling asleep. You know, I'm never critical of my self about that sometimes that's just part of the journey i also want to say there's no one way for some people if you're thinking paul what do you want about it's just not like that for me that's not how i would do it or want to do it or have done it i'd say that's okay that's no problem because it's not prescriptive but what i would say is let us be people that develop habits and practices that draws into the throne room, allowing our minds to have time and space to be centred on Jesus. I read this and I found it so helpful. Let me finish with this. It said this, meditation is characterised more by reflecting than studying, more by listening than thinking, more by releasing 
than grabbing. We are not so much acting, more opening ourselves up to be acted upon, inviting the Holy Spirit to work within us, teaching, cleansing, comforting and rebuking. I found that so helpful. I hope overall this has been helpful to you this morning. We want to be people that are anchored, don't we? Why don't we just finish this morning by opening ourselves up in that way to the Holy Spirit? Can we do that together? Can we just pause and just have a moment? You want to, want to close your eyes or whatever it is. Just create a posture that opens your heart, opens your mind afresh to him. And so Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come and manifest, come and move among us. Just as I close I, I, the phrase, we want to be taught, cleansed, comforted and rebuked by you, Lord. So we do that. We want to make time and space. Come and speak to us, come and change us, come and shape us. Other things this morning you want to stir and encourage. Things you want to uncover and unpick. Habits and practices you want to inspire and fuel just believe the Lord would want to speak to you specifically about some of the the things that you've put in the jar of your life and the order you've put them in potentially reflecting on them and considering which are important and some of the things you might want to lay down and let go of the, the phraseology that has just come into me is I I just believe he's calling us to walk the Jesus way. To live how he lived, to walk how he walked. To read and reflect on the Gospels afresh in that way. The simplicity of that. Just, uh, I think for some of you it's like you, you know, the natural rhythm of the breathing in and breathing out of life that we give out and receive from him. I think some of you it's become one or the other and there's just a need to rebalance that. And there's some of you, um, say, there's, I think there's a couple of you, there's a, the, I'm not sure how to describe this, there's a tightness in your legs. If you were to bend your feet towards you, you, particularly there's just this ongoing tightness I think that's a thing it's probably like got a name but I can't think what it is but I just believe the Lord would want to release you from that I want to pray healing over your body there'll be others of you that you'll have other physical conditions can I just encourage you, you might want to lay a hand on that part of your body and ask the presence of God to come and heal you Lord release your healing power upon us as a church this morning but not just physically emotionally free us of some of the burdens that we're currently carrying just believe um, some of you this is just a, a season it's just become frantic almost there's an agitation about it even if you've got space in your life you're finding you haven't because you're so caught up in the the frantic nature of it. I just believe the Lord just wants to um, dispel that and renew that this morning causes things to be new Lord create um, new space in their lives and just release the burdens they carry I think um, just feel as well some of you got it's like 
you've got the burden of large decisions some of you it's even like moving house relocating there's um there's like job decisions and tensions where you've made decisions and now you was that right am i doing the right thing i just believe keep left foot right foot doing what you believe the lord has told you to do just because you come up against tension and barriers doesn't mean it's the wrong the wrong thing i think some of you are experiencing that in a job decision you've just made I don't want to, I've filled this with too many words already. I don't want to fill it with too many words. Let's just rest in his presence and let him minister to us. Reach out to somebody else. Let them pray with you and stand alongside you in this moment. Take a moment today to encourage somebody. We all need encouragement. Would you encourage somebody? We'll leave some gentle music playing as we do that.